Welcome back to another episode of Chris Talks. This week I'm talking to Lee Glosson. So pretty much we just have a conversation about how to pick up clients, how how to respond to clients, professionalism when working with clients, and like pretty much everything that has to do with clients and how he makes money doing freelancing graphic design slash illustrator. I hope I, this one was a really good one. I hope you all enjoy. Here's a word from our sponsors. Hello. Hello, bro. What's happening? So, I'm, I want to just welcome everybody to another episode of Chris Talks. Today, I'm talking to Lee Glosson, and I know him personally, but everybody else doesn't know so i'm just gonna let him introduce himself real quick and tell you guys a little bit about what he does hey so i'm lee boston and i am currently a freelance artist and that thing from illustration and graphic to graphic design and that's such a like wide wide spectrum but when clients ask me like what i specialize in or what i do i literally tell them look i can make anything from a business card to a flyer to a t-shirt to a hoodie to a website design layout to illustration to storyboards for like a music video if you need whatever i'm really like a, a jack of all trades is what i really try to go in my profession okay okay so like you you started off with like a jack of all trades so like which do you prefer better out of like what you do is there like a specific thing that you like doing or you just love it all and you don't you don't niche down you just Yo, whatever it is, I'm doing it. So I like to really feel like it's all like got its own unique challenge and spin on it. But I feel every every artist has like a wheelhouse or a comfort zone that they like to, you know, that, that they just feel like they thrive in. So I would say where I thrive the most is uh, illustration because that's that's really where I started as an artist. When something like a little more like complex than say like a business card or a flyer comes my way, like, oh, I want like this portrait or I want the I want character designs for my book or I want to design a storyboard for a children's book or I want to just draw the whole children's book those are the things where I really really feel like I hit my stride and the work is just like I I I feel like every artist knows that they're in their comfort zone or that they really thrive in an element when you're bringing it to your client and on the first meeting with them they're like oh man I feel like you hit it on the head the first try like this happens with like other like areas too but I feel like an illustration in particular my clients are like almost always pleased with like how it comes out very so pretty much like so pretty much like when you you hit the flow state when you start doing illustrations yeah that's that's like my natural habitat honestly like i feel like with everything else like lettering and typefaces and and layouts for business cards flyers and web design like there's a little bit more homework involved being there's a lot more questions where illustration yeah that's like the perfect word for it i hit like my, my flow on it it's, it's natural for me it's organic Oh, okay okay so like for illustration did you learn that or like on your own did you learn that like watching youtube videos or did you pretty much like go to school for it okay so the origin story on how i got started illustrating i actually at a very young age got like really into like cartoons and anime in particular i remember it was because my brother used to play Mega Man, like i think eight on the ps1 and mm -hmm. This was when I was like five and terrible at games, so I would and play. And one day I just, you know how those Saturday morning cartoons used to bump and they used to have like the hits, you know what I'm saying? And 
One day mm-hmm. I, I wake up and I and Mega Man has its own cartoon also, and I was just so blown away by that that it could have its own game and its own TV show. That I just started illustrating, so I started at a really young age, and then then like big anime like Dragon Ball Z came through, Yu Gi Oh came through, and then that, like if it was like an origin of anime culture, maybe it was a little bit before that in America, but I feel like that was like it hit like the boom, and. Mm-hmm. I was definitely no exception, so I started drawing like those characters and that illustration, and then eventually, I ended up going to an art high school. It was really weird. Like every other high school, like had like a really normal set of schedules. Like and there, they had like a maybe like a economics class or like a, a like one of those classes where you cook and stuff like that as an elective. But like my school had like you had to instead of electives, we had majors, and majors was like a big thing in our high. School. There was film majors, illustration majors, cartooning majors, fashion majors, and I I dove into like cartooning and animation, and that's really where like I like I iced out what I was doing because my teacher was just always on me. To this day, I still credit his name is Pazetsky. I still credit him for like making me the artist I am today in terms of illustration. Okay, okay. So pretty much you you were like a tsunami kid. Like pretty much every day after school, you were just like, I right, I'm home. Time to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely definitely a tsunami kid. It was, Saturday nights, it was tsunami action, and I would go to like if I went to a cousin's house, same wave. If I was like hanging out with friends, or like you know like the weekends, and then boom, you come back from school, and like the first thing you and your your, your nerdy homeboys is talking about is yo, tsunami went off this weekend, bro. Like Naruto was gas. Like it was just everything was hitting completely different. You know what I'm saying? And it, I was that era for sure, for sure. Okay, okay. So wait, which Mega Man did you like? Did you like Mega Man like NT Warrior that one, or did you like the other ones? So I, I actually like I would say favorite like uh, franchise, I guess, of characters. So I, I guess I like I started with the original little Blue Man himself, but NT Warrior is without a doubt my favorite. If like asked now, because I just I think that art style was like prime in the era that it came out with. Like it was just. Like anime, exact, and it was mad cool, mad clean. I liked all the villains, the heroes, the designs. Anti Warriors, without a doubt, definitely my favorite. Okay, okay. So, like, if you don't mind me asking, this, like, at the beginning when you first started drawing and everything, like, you you said you were pretty much drawing like the animes and things like that. Is there a specific character that you like to draw, or? Oh man, uh. I don't know why I'm ever like embarrassed to admit this because I feel like everybody around my age group did this at some given time or point. But <laughs> you can't go wrong with Goku and Yugi, bro. You know what I'm saying? Goku and Yugi were just—they <laughs> were just doing it at the time. You know, those were those those were those dudes. You know, you couldn't mess with them. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with that because I remember as a kid like drawing fucking Goku and Super yeah. Saiyan three. Like googling it and everything like that. Yeah, bro, that that was me as a kid. I remember when Goku Super Saiyan three hit TV. Yo, nothing was the same after that, bro. Cause like, damn, Goku had that long hair and it was just like, yo, drawing all the spikes in his hair was like a whole thing. It was, and it was a fun time. It was a fun vibe. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, like, <laughs> I, uh, ironically, when I, I feel like I was a super anime head, and I was super like, yo, I'm gonna read manga. I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? I was very much into like, I was a real like. When the, the kind of artist I want to be is I want to be a sequential artist, which is like just a professional term for like, yo, I want to do comics or graphic novels or manga. You know, that's all goes under sequential art. And mm-hmm. 
I, this is gonna like sound super late, but I actually didn't discover the band The Gorillas until like senior. And that's, mm. that really like changed up a lot of like what I wanted to do in my life in terms of like as an artist, weirdly enough, if you could believe it. No, I can, I can. So like, like, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's just more of like, if it, if this makes sense, like, did you want to go down the route of like making, like you, I know you said you wanted to do that at the beginning. So like, what changed your mind at that point? Because it's like, it seems like you still want to do it. Are you still doing it or you don't want to do it? I, so to, I, I can answer all of that. So I do, it is still something that I want to do, but here's how it like kind of changed and warped like my perspective, to be honest with you. I feel like the gorillas had like a weird, like the, the artist for the gorillas is like incredibly talented. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, his style, but it's like some way, somehow bridging the gap between like, anime and american art and and even european art and he just like finds a way to like blend it all together and i also really liked like the fashion sense of it all you know what i'm saying and the aesthetic and the style so it really kind of like opened my eyes to like wow these it's one thing for your character to look cool and be badass but there's like a whole different dimension that characters can take you know like they can be they can be these fly individuals that are quirky and weird and and just fun like yeah goku's really cool you know what i'm saying but like would it, if I sat in a room with Goku, would our conversation really be like incredibly like super savage or stimulating? And it's like, nah, not really. Whereas like some of these like other characters that I like learned to discover eventually really like opened the door to me. And I feel like that led me to realize that art comes in a lot of different ways, shapes and forms. Like, I feel like at that point I was like, yo, art is picking up a pencil. Everything else is just like a whole different thing. But then I realized that there's art in like everything and that there's art in anything that's a craft. You know what I'm saying? Film, I, I, I don't want to say that I was so obtuse that I didn't believe that these were art forms. I just believe that they had required skill, but that art in them were like in like a whole, they had like an awkward relationship with art, but they are art. Film is art, fashion, making clothes, these things are art, making bracelets, making a really fly chair to me is really art like there's art in practicality there's art in anything that involves craft and if you put passion into something that makes it art and that really opened the door to me and made me like want to become a freelancer because i was like yo i want to take on different challenges i want to take on different things i want to try different styles you know what i'm saying and while i do i like to revisit the concept of like making like sequential art like making like i have storyboards i still write my stories like here and there you know what i'm saying i have like I have original character designs that I like save in my back pocket and if you like ask me about them or anyone asked me about them I, I'd be willing to tell them I'm pretty reluctant to talk about my stories as a person because like I feel like everyone wants to talk about their stories but I just um yeah it's something what really shied me away from like yo I want to do this here and now as opposed to being a freelancer is the hours to be honest like being a sequential artist is takes away a lot from like your life like you have deadlines and you're staying home a lot more you know what i'm saying and i feel like part of the relationship with art is life itself like you need to be able to go outside you need to be able to go have a good time you need to be able to like go have a fun photo shoot with your friends or your girl or your or your man or you know what i'm saying whatever that means to you you know what i'm saying and i had i felt like i was so young to like box myself up to doing that like and just like shelter myself just for the sake of my heart and like suffer in that sense 
it's important to suffer for your craft but there's also like an importance in enjoying your craft and your your craft doesn't have to be misery your craft can like open up into multiple avenues so my discovering all of that hit at a right time and i decided that like you know maybe at like when i'm older like maybe like in my like mid 30s that's a good time to like drop some sequential art because by then in theory like me personally i don't mind the idea of like being more settled down more comfortable and more at home and more established as an artist whereas like i could just i could just do that instead you know what i'm saying but for now i just kind of want to put my footprint in the game in multiple fields as a freelancer right now okay okay like i i have something i want to ask before Absolutely. that but like can i just say something like i feel like even if like this is something that somebody told me i don't know about you but it's like for me i, I spent my 20s trying to figure out a lot of different things for myself and pretty much i didn't figure out that i like photography and i like videography until i was 25 so like once like to me it's just like that gap of 18 to 25 it, it, was, it was huge like, right it wow, was huge like, for you yeah, yeah i know that so it's like like i know i know you said like your mid 30s but i feel like you should start doing it now because well i don't know your exact age to be to be honest but like i just feel like for me i'm 29 so like i have 20 i feel like my end goal when i'm by like the next few years is by the time i turn 40 which is what in the next 11 years is like i want to be comfortable with who i am and doing what mm-hmm. i want no questions asked I totally co-sign that. So, my thought, I like I remember when you were discovering film and photography because like you and I had like become friends at around that time. So, I when when I had first met you and our friends Chris and JR and when I first met Phil, when I met everybody, I was about 19, I want to say. And I was still like I remember like Chris used to always give me a hard time and like He's always going to tell me that like the first thing I tell about people is how much of a hard time he gave me. And it's true that's the first thing I tell people about Chris, like that Chris would like be a complete and utter savage. But by that same token, mm-hmm. like that group of friends, they have no way of knowing this and maybe when they like hear this they'll like they'll maybe they'll like truly understand and maybe they won't even understand to like the depth of this. But I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for the people that I've met and how they made me. Like I wouldn't be like steadfast and so strong in my opinions if Phil wasn't always so passionate about his points you know what I'm saying I wouldn't be so open to exploration and like discovering new tricks and tactics if it wasn't for like the way that you approached and entered film and photography you know what I'm saying I I still highly remember that era for you I wouldn't be like as laid back of a person if it wasn't for Joe BL and I would not be like so like I hold myself to such a high standard because like Chris like had like it held me at a high standard at a young age and at 19 I was still like discovering myself and thought about myself and I just absorbed like these great vibes that like my friends had given me and so how mm-hmm. I feel about it is like I'm I'm happy because no matter what age I start doing sequential art because I do agree with you no matter what you should at least find a way to include what makes you happy in your everyday life And that doesn't always mean like a profession like yours and mine for example, but like I still feel mm-hmm. like it's important to like find a way to do the thing that makes you happy because it's so easy to put it off until today or until tomorrow, excuse me, and put it off until next week because you don't have time or something. But these are the things that kind of like make you happy with yourself. Like you become proud of you 
you know like when you like i imagine like when you see something you've made and it's fire you're just absolutely proud of it you know what i'm saying you're like i i did this you know what i'm saying so yeah so for me freelance does that a lot in the, and it's in ways that like it never ceases to amaze me because it's always so strange to me like stuff i have to do or like create clients because it's just i never highly suspected like to me it's like wow i had never even practiced or like put my head towards this kind of thing when i was younger so to me i'm really enjoying that aspect of my life right now while at the same time still sharpening the sword on like like the storyboards and like the characters that i want you know what i'm saying and that'll eventually come like i hope anyone that listens and anyone that like calls themselves my fan would like eventually i like i've had a lot of people like badger me like yo when are you gonna drop these storyboards your work is amazing with laura like i'm a big fan of your stuff and it's like i promise you my time will come and the people that have like like waited and are posted up for it i will be like rewarded for it sooner over later but for right now you know just stick with me i'm still incredibly happy with what i'm doing and i hope that like my fans and the people that like love my work like will will be on that as well and like still be here for the stuff i'm creating now and like i'm really this this versatility that i'm experiencing right now can only benefit me in the long run i imagine you know so that's how that's how about it and i don't mind like or or how long it'll be until i start a story but because no matter what i literally live i i like i wake up and that, that's what i do for a living you know what i'm saying like it be and it's kind of hard because like i had said like yo being a artist will mean you have less time to do like the things that like like seeing your friends or your family or hanging out or just goofing around or whatever and like that's price that's worth making a lot of the time but even now like i really don't just always have time for that you know what i'm saying like my friends have a hard time seeing me and it's like the people i care about a lot they're like yo you're alive i'm like yeah bro i'm straight you know what i'm saying i'm just i'm just working i i'm not, i was actually doing a i did you and i just finished doing a project you know what i'm saying but as you know i've still got, i've still got other clients that i'm rolling with and it feels like my clients just kind of keep like rolling in like almost it's like a universal thing it's so weird like i'll put down i'll finish one client's work and then like two people will come and be incredibly interested and then they'll just immediately throw down a down payment and it's like okay well i can't say no and i like the project so i'm in <coughs> yeah and that's how it feels you know it's, it's great i love i love it, it makes me absolutely happy do you ever feel Do you ever feel like you're overwhelmed by your work as by that? Because like the way how you're making it seem is like, "I I'm done with this project. Oh, damn, another project just came in." Like I I know there's like a passion to it, but like like for me for example, like there's there's certain headaches that I have when I deal with like clients and stuff like that. So it's like I like pretty much what I'm asking is like what are the headaches that you have to deal with if you if you get any? Cuz I know like like if this makes sense i hope this doesn't sound crazy like everybody loves the things that they do but there's certain knickknacks that people hate about the right they yeah do. no i and when you when you ask me trust me i immediately know what what comes to my mind i mean um i think it's important to realize like right like even if you're in your passion you still going to have a headache here and there and it might be like and like i tell people i'm a freelancer and they're like oh you're your own boss that's so fire you've like mitigated the problem of having to answer to somebody and yeah that's that's true you know what i'm saying that's very true but by that same token i feel like it it does the that instead of having one boss every client and i have like a partnership relationship in which i have to like help meet their needs and that can be like, because like i've had very vague clients i've had clients who like don't know what they want. I've had clients that I think they understand what they want, but by that same token, 
sometimes and they tell me and I bring them like what I imagine they want and they're like oh not at all and then they give me a completely different description from what they originally gave me and it's like oh wow this, you didn't even know what you wanted you thought you knew what you wanted but you didn't know what you wanted um and mm-hmm. deadlines are any you and you as an artist also know deadlines can be like a full court press especially like like as they get closer and closer um and that's like a massive mm-hmm. headache but Whenever I think about the headaches, I think it's important to remember to stay in tune with that. Everything you do will like in some way, shape or form come with like a moment where you have to like, you know, like sigh a little bit and just crack your neck and then just get into it anyway. So I think when I think of like those moments or when I'm in those moments, I try to like remind myself like, yeah, this is like kind of like a stress, but I could be stressed out doing something that ultimately makes me unhappy or ultimately doesn't serve me in like my long-term goals and that would really be like a a real like depressing kind of headache you know so i try to like take like the headaches that come with my profession like you know with as much optimism as i can with i i guess it's it's a little bit like strange to hit it with uh it could be worse but that's just life right you know sometimes it, it you could be just doing something with a headache that's just way way worse so these headaches they make me happy and sometimes it'll be weird i'll get like stressed out like as i'm working on like, a really difficult project that's like really challenging me and i'm like damn but these are the problems i've always wanted to have and so i'm absolutely pleased with it let's i'm, I'm down to get into it and that's that's how i feel about it to be honest mm-hmm. okay okay so like how how do you go about getting clients pretty much like for like uh do you advertise do you do you post on instagram how do you, okay, how do you go so about it the procedure for getting clients is really really odd i i feel like i've like uh in the last like two months like i've been actually asked like whether it, it, it'll be like like my girl will ask me or like my friends will ask me because I'll, I'll be like yeah i'm busy i got like three or four clients and i've got like two deadlines next week and they'll be like, oh, how are you getting clients? Like, where, where's this pool coming from? And to be with you, I used to have like an Instagram just for advertising. And I used to have an Instagram where I just posted the work. And if you could believe it, oddly enough, that wasn't working for me like at all. And uh, if it, it was so strange, but like now I had taken it down because I'm currently rebranding like uh, I'm, I'm currently working with, with Shrine New York as like a freelancer like it's a partnership i have with a friend of mine and we're working on the name shrine new york his name is uh you you you've worked with him uh chris reyes he's, he's fantastic he's like like a, a an ideal partner he's super easy to work with he's never given me a headache whatsoever so so rare to imagine because i'm like a real like solo effort kind of dude but um how i go about it now is just so strange anywhere i go i am not shy to talk about that i'm a freelancer and I feel like it's such a like easy conversation piece with people like you just meet and they'll be like, so, hey, what do you do? And it'll be like, oh, I'm a freelancer. I do graphic design. I do this, this, that. And they'll be like super curious. They'll ask to see like some of my work. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, wow, that's crazy. I've actually wanted or they'll know someone that's been looking for an artist. And yeah, so I guess mm-hmm. I'm really, it's really word of mouth currently. Like people are just like talking to me and then they'll be interested in something or they'll like be so like into my stuff that when someone's looking for for someone they'll just immediately throw them my way like i just randomly got a a project with uh, a friend of mine named fabe we he's he's a graphic designer also and he's been like uh we've been wanting to work together on something for a while but like we've just never really found a project or like the time between our projects and he came at me with like he was like hey mm-hmm. i've got this client 
and I need you to help me illustrate this logo up and I'll throw up the typefaces. Let's really team up on this. And I was like, okay, cool. How did he find out about me? And he was like, oh, I told him. Like, I just told him that he was telling me that he wanted someone to illustrate some stuff up for him. And we, he just shot him my way and we just immediately started teaming up on it. And that's just how it'll really be. Like, for example, like with the project that you and I did, I actually had like told you that I was doing that uh, full time, I think at Thanksgiving party, I believe. And you and I just started chopping it up, mm-hmm. chopping it up. And then like a, like a few weeks later, you got hit me up like with like more concise, like what you wanted. And it was like, okay, yeah, we could definitely do this. And that's really how it's working. So I guess the advice I give to anyone on startup is like, while it's important to have the Instagram with your artwork up just so you can pull it out and easily give someone a link. And while it's important to have like social media presence, people forget that like just having them isn't advertising. Like you won't just, Instagram isn't gonna run an ad for you just because you're an artist and like like to random people you know. Mm-hmm. YouTube is not gonna advertise your page in between like other people's videos just because you know like you just got started you've got to like be like right, right. proud and maybe not even proud just like get out there a little bit you know like i don't even really consider myself like the extroverted type but it is important to like be like confident enough to say oh yeah i'm a freelancer i do this 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 and that's that's pretty much how it's going right now honestly i keep telling myself i'll eventually like between clients like when it slows down i'll like when a uh, window to like really re- rebrand and throw up like Shrine New York's Instagram and and page so you could just come take a look at our work at any mm-hmm. given time but we just we just keep getting clients and it's uh, when it slows down it'll slow down and I'll do that in between you know but I'm not gonna like uh what is it spend mm-hmm. all my money on a safe and not fill the safe you know so I'd rather have like right right the, the make the content than have somewhere to put up the content and have no one shoveling stuff to me to put up so yeah, this this is working. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, because like we, me and you already had this conversation about like marketing and stuff like that. That's why I was asking like how how do you consistently get clients? Because for me, it's like I, I also get certain clients through word of mouth, but I feel like mm-hmm. those are the worst mm-hmm. clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can definitely understand that. Um, it's weird and like someone who's like newer at freelance or maybe newer to like like the craft that they've decided to undertake as a profession it's kind of weird like just operate on word of mouth but i would say that it's very important when it comes to like talking about like like shop you've got to like learn to like really come at it with a professional angle you know like it's not like uh because a lot of people especially when you do art as a profession they kind of like see and they don't do art they kind of like take it as like something that's like easier that might be like ignorance at work right there but you know like it's very important to come off with like the the professional aspect of it and explain why it is your numbers are what they are you've got to really stick to your guns like i have a lot of freelancers that are scared to tell their like their clients and their employees like how much to charge and it's like no like you you've got to like get paid what you feel you're worth and like sometimes i've had times I doubt like damn mm-hmm. i might be charging this client kind of a lot but it's just like you've got to value how much effort you put into these things combined with how much time you put into these things mm-hmm. and once you tell a client number you kind of have to stick to that number because it's just like if you're willing to like fall back and barter on a number it's no longer like a professional thing it's kind of like a favor you know and it's important to realize at the end of the day the, mm-hmm. the client like artist relationship whatever is a very like not favor based thing like i 
you and I are working together to make something. We aren't like, we're not like always going to be friends. In our case, you and me, it was actually really easy, but that's because you're an artist too. And you understand like the, the, the way it goes and the flow and the talk of it all, you know? But yeah, to anyone starting new, mm-hmm. it's important to like stick to your gun. And if you have a bad client, I'm like, and this is this also a bad client, like is, is like a combination of like, yo, they're being really obtuse or they're being like really childish about these numbers. As less people who are like asking you for things that like just aren't in your wheelhouse, it's okay to say no. Like, what are you going to do? Why would you, you know, like, I will not make like a piece that I would charge $200 for, for $20 or for $50, you know, like it's just, you can't talk me into it. That's not, that's not, you've got to like respect yourself and know that that's, that you deserve what you deserve. And someone will pay you what you deserve. Just hold yourself to that standard and stick to your guns, stick to your conviction because you know your quality of work, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, bad clients are rough. No, of bro. course, of course. Bad clients are like... rough. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had clients like that? You know what I mean? <laughs> clients that are like trying to negotiate the number on you. And it's like, bro, I gave you, I gave you a firm number, bro. bro. You know, like, there's, there's really nothing to almost talk about here. But if you want me to break down why it's this number, you can ask me that. But don't ask me to like shake on the number, you know? <laughs> like it, it literally happened. Not even I'm, I'm gonna say maybe a week ago, right? So I was doing a music video for somebody else, right? And pretty much the people who he also invited mm-hmm. there were rappers, also. So. I was already doing a favor and I was charging my friend a favor price pretty much. So like I told him like, this is how much I originally charge, but I'm gonna charge you this. So he was like, all right, bye. So he like his. So we had a brief interruption where the connection dropped for a second. So just to make up for a little bit of that time, here is a word from our sponsors. Passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty much what I did was like, I was doing them a favor because I'm like, yo, if I'm looking out for him and then they can get me consistent work, I'm gonna charge my regular price to everybody else that they're gonna get me, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, I do the video, the guy messaged me, or one of them, one of the rappers, because it's like two of them. So I, I messaged them and I, and I do it very professionally at that point. I'm like, hey, if you want me to start working on any of the video, you have to leave a deposit. This is how much, what do you call it? I was like, what is it? I, I was doing a favor. So I said, it's 200 if you want me to start working on anything, but you can leave a $100 deposit. And pretty much he, he, he didn't respond to that. Then I'm guessing he had his manager message me. His manager said, I didn't give him two hours of work. And like the funny thing about it was he kept on asking me to go outside to go record for their music video to get more scenes for them. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, like this, like I'm, I, want, I want my price. So he said he can give me a hundred dollars and a fifty dollar deposit. And like, I just never responded to him because at that point, now you're disrespecting my craft and like at, at that point like the uh, the other person who was also there who was the rapper he also messaged me and then i messaged him back and i said look if you want the clips it's 150 for the clips and if you want the clips without my watermark on them is another 150. Mm-hmm. and now because you're making things harder for me i already recorded the video so either you're gonna pay me the price or you're not 
So if you want me to edit it, it costs less. But if you don't want me to edit it, it costs more. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was just like it's just frustrating because at that point it's just like people people try to take advantage of you and like it's, it's very frustrating because like I try to look out for people especially I know like how hard it is but it's just like yo I, I it's just so frustrating and then the thing that makes it more frustrating is when I start editing they'll just like they'll be like no I don't like this scene or can you put this scene and I'm just like yo bro you know how corny and stupid that shit looks yeah 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 and then at that point it's like uh- It'd be so stressful when your client asks something that's inherently like it just sounds like a terrible idea. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, mm-hmm. yo, if I saw this, I think it would be trash. You know, because it's just it's a tough conversation to have with your client. But at the same time, if you if you just yield to them, it's like a good reflection on like your work. When it's like if people see this and they cringe, their first assumption is that this was all you. They no one mm-hmm. ever assumes when they're watching something. This was like the request of the client they're always like wow the director of this is like a real odd dude why would he do something like that that's so out of pocket you feel me like mm-hmm. yeah and so like i've had clients that like man it's so crazy that you say that he just kept making you add and sprinkle stuff that were so extraneous i've had clients where like we agree on like what he wants and i'll like sketch up what he wants and he'll see it and he'll be like oh can we add like a little bit of this here and it's like okay okay fine 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 can we add a little bit of that there too oh okay yeah we can do that too you know and then they're like, okay, but can we throw it in color? And it's like, okay, 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 look. I was willing to like add a little bit here, a little bit there, cause like, I liked what we were doing. But after a while, like you just gotta like, you know how it is. I mean, just like you did with him, you gotta put your foot down, you know? And it's very important to remember that like, there comes a time where you just have to put your foot down with clients. Like, it'll be like, sometimes it'll be as like, yes, but I hope you understand that this will like affect like your, your late fee and, or like the end, your final fee. And this is like why, hmm. There's like, I've had like clients that are like absolute bliss in this regard and that like they're incredibly understanding like that every request or addition that they make would come up. Like for example, uh, at the time my girlfriend, her name was Danielle, she had like a best friend named Xavier. He wanted to start a clothing line called Social Icon. And uh, we had like done, we, and immediately he was like one of the, the, the better clients I've ever had, but he's like a really laid back, incredibly intellectual dude. And Social mm-hmm. Icon is a very cool brand. Like, I really liked the stuff he was talking to me about, his ideas. And he wanted me to be, like, head illustrator for his stuff. And I was high-key very interested. And so every time, and, like, I would send him, like, a, a mock-up or something, he would, like, immediately be like, okay, this is fire, but can we try it in this colorway? Can we try it in that colorway? And I'll, like, I'll, I'll definitely spot you that difference for your time. And I'm like, absolutely, say less. Now, that's when people, like, I strive to, like, I, I say this to say, hey, if you're working with a freelancer or any artist, period, and you're a client where you like you throw that like those words out and I'll compensate you for your time, even more likely to get me to say, nah, bro, it's all good. Don't even worry about it. Like, I like the vision that you're asking. You know what I'm saying? Because you're already being so like accommodating and such a great client. Why, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I go out on a limb for you? And he was like already... At the time, he was already like looking like someone who was going to be a regular because he had talked to me about being like a head illustrator for him. And then he became a regular. Like I still to this day work with Social Icon. We've dropped like a, a couple of things here and there, like a couple of projects. He's just waiting for some overseas shipments. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where like an amazing client is like super good and the headache clients are like incredibly headache. And I tell people the hardest part of like what you and I do is respectfully like the clientele can sometimes be like really obtuse and that's when you like got to be okay with like yo 
like watermarking is like just a cruel part of the trade you know like yo this and when you get the this is how it's looking all right when you're ready for the final product let finish that like final final fee this is the rest of your rate and i'll send you that without a watermark and you're good to go you know and you've just got to be able to put your foot down it's it's part of the process you know what i'm saying it's definitely i imagine that your process isn't like too far from mine in terms of like how you get into the nitty-gritty with clients so let me ask you this because like this is an issue that i've had for like a couple of times where like i struggled how did you pick up like your professionalism or like how you speak with clients or like how how you respond to them because for me like I've, i've learned that from like working retail jobs practically yeah that's a good that's a that's a very good like point bro like retail is definitely because if there's one place forget clients like I know the theory is that the customer is always right. Wrong. Them people don't know oh, what nah, they're talking yeah. about. Them, they, no, no, no. <laughs> customers don't know what they're talking about. Stop. Like, they're coming to you and asking you questions. They definitely don't know what they're talking about. You feel me? So, mm-hmm. I feel like my professionalism comes with... It comes with experience in the field alone. I've been doing, like, freelance since I was 18, more or less. It was, like, a lot, a little bit a lot, or a lot more slower when I was 18 versus like now where it's like way more consistent and the daily grind. But I want to say I've, I've also been working since I was like 17. And my first job was summer youth and my dad owns a business. So at the bike shop and his bike shops in Harlem and there's one place I'd be getting obtuse clients and customers, it's going to be Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Like every now and again, like it's not like, oh, like most most of the customers we get are obtuse but like you're gonna get like that 30 percent, and sometimes you get a day where it's only that 30 percent, and some days it's gonna be a day of none of them you know but like and at the end of the day it gets mixed in and you gotta like learn to like i find that the best advice i could give people in terms of like how to come off professional is to try to remember try to put yourself on their side like when a customer or a client comes to you complaining or concerned about something put yourself on their side bro like you know yeah, that is crazy, bro. It's absolutely wild. Yeah, I'm gonna get on top of that for you immediately because we're we are not gonna we ain't gonna put up with that. You know what I'm saying? And you'd be surprised how many people are like responsive with like, oh, I, I yeah, say less, get them then. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be crazy. Like, put yourself on somebody's side, and immediately you went from being like the opposition to like, yo, this this maybe I need to. He might like go ahead and like put himself in the like the client starts worrying for you. Like, nah, 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 you don't gotta get out of pocket. Chill, chill, chill. You know, like it's a whole. Mm-hmm. Try to put yourself on people's side and observe. Like, if you see someone that you find professional, like, mirror their professional. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, there's nothing wrong with learning and, like, absorbing. Like, you're too old to learn something and never be too proud to, like, pick up a new trick and, and admit that you picked up that trick from someone. I had once gone on a meeting with a, with a freelancer that I'd worked with a while back. Not, not that long ago, really. I say a while back, but this was still under COVID. And I had gone with him. And the first thing he had asked his client upon first time meeting him was, hey, you know that thing that, like, everybody asks you at the airport and when you take, I guess, to the DMV or whatever, they're like, hey, so have you been in contact in the last 14 days with anyone that has COVID and have you been out of state? Mm-hmm. He did that. And I feel like that, like, was, like, a huge, like, wow, this dude sounds like a pro-pro. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> And when the meeting was over, I told him, I'm like, yo, that's crazy that you asked him that. Like, that shit seems like, like almost office meeting level material or like, like, damn near bureaucratic. You know what I'm saying? 
And he was like, mm-hmm. oddly enough, he was like, honestly, it's really not that deep for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like anyone who's a client is like more or less confident enough to know not to do it or put themselves in that position and then come and see me with that. But he literally told me I do it for the sake of looking bureaucratic and professional. Because if I say that people are going to take what I do way more seriously and like value my my schedule and my like that I'm even willing to come out and meet them. And I'm like, wow, that's OK. That's fire. And I added that and I've been doing this for years. And that was just a fire addendum to add. So observing like people who you find professional and their mannerisms and how they talk to people is, is super important. And those are that's how I like break a mold with that. Cause like break breaking ice with being a professional is okay too, you know? Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it more or less. That's that's my take on professionalism. Okay, okay. So like let me ask you this. How how do you factor in like how much you charge someone? Like do you charge by the hour, by the time, how much effort you're putting in? Cuz like uh for me at least I know like I have to factor in like transportation, me getting there, recording gear, lights, different things like mm-hmm. that. So like how do you factor in like making a logo? Because I've seen videos about like someone making a logo so i don't know his exact name but he is is an asian guy and i believe he he made the like nike logo or, or close to it or something mm-hmm. like that but pretty much the way he said it is like uh if it's a big company coming up mm-hmm. to me he he's at he always asks where is the logo going where is this thing mm-hmm. going because he'll be like oh. if it depends on what you're putting it on and if it's like if it's like a huge company like a perfect example is nike it's an iconic logo he would say something along the lines he wants this amount with royalties right. mm-hmm. because of the simple fact like how big that logo right. is and like uh, an example that he gave uh, i'm sorry i'm, I'm no, going off go on ahead. this but like but like he was saying like he was talking to a client and like he was saying to the client pretty much like hey i know how much i valued my work what i can do for you is for depending on how many sales I bring in from when I make this logo or I make this thing, I get 20% of your profits for every every single item you sell. And then like, it was just like a very interesting thing where it's like, yo, I valued my work so much that I know, I know how much money it could bring your company. And I, I like, I wanted to ask you like, how do you do that? How do you like right. figure that out? Okay. so. I, I tell people all the time I'm never shy about uh, explaining like the process that I personally go through. So uh, I guess let, let me like get into like the whole breakdown of it, if you don't mind. And uh, I think this is important before I even get into that, though, like if anyone's like interested in being a freelancer or like starting it up or like even considering it, just remember that like freelance is like entirely, entirely individual. Like it's all everyone like I talk to have like different process. Maybe we have like similar things we do. But like, it's all about like your comfort as like an illustrator, your confidence and like, like everything you do, like really like factors how you make your approach. So what's important is go in with a game plan and don't be afraid to like change your game plan as like clients go and as you build up experience. Because like when I first started, my procedure looked incredibly different than what it does now. So now let me like, so let me get into like, like the procedure of it. Well, uh, it'll start by like, uh, I'm never, I'm, Seldom do I apply to be someone's freelancer. Like I hit them up like, hey, I'm interested in undertaking this project, but it has happened. And I'm like, you know, I'm never against doing that because, you know, if you see opportunity, you should always go for it. Carpe diem. But uh, so how it more or less goes is I reach out to them or they reach out to me. And uh, 
I like to meet up with my clients at least the very first time because I need under I know how professional my client is off the rip because I never I know like with enough experience not what a bad client looks like but how a bad client like speaks about their project like I know like the red flags and how they talk about their project and and how they like go about like the the conversation so I know what it sounds like when someone's a bad client more or less and so could you could you elaborate on that a little bit because like that I mean for me I would think that's helpful and like anybody else who, mm-hmm. who is listening would probably find that helpful like the mannerism of like how someone okay, approaches Okay so you. I feel like a client for example is incredibly vague about like what they want and like there's nothing wrong with talking to someone and not knowing what you want in a hopes to like work it out but like you've got to like very much understand like the amount of like when you come to me with nothing i'm basically like not just like doing the creative process from like the the drawing aspect but i'm like creating intellectual property for you damn near and so and when a client is incredibly vague or the hard time answering questions there's nothing wrong with telling a client hey why don't you give the i always start every meeting with a list of questions for my client and as you know like if you recall like you and i did that as well where i just asked you a series of questions about it And this is important because the less questions the client is able to answer, the less they really know about what they want. And if they know less about what they want, this might be a much longer project or it's going to be riddled with a lot of like check it's like back and forth, back and forth. And that could be like a a, a first bad sign. A second bad sign is client who tells you the project they want and tells you anything along if they in any way shape or form hint at how much they should be paying you. Like you don't get to decide how much you pay me, you know? Like you don't go to Costco mm-hmm. and like go to the intersection thinking, "Yo, this is going to cost me $60 and nothing more and I don't care what they tell me." You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's not really how mm-hmm. this works. Like you need to like you can tell me how much you paid prior for like a similar job or how much you paid for like other freelance But if I really get like like wind that like you're coming at me and like ready to tell me how much you want to pay, then we're going to have like a really rough time, you know? Like it's just it's it's bad business. And um another big sign I find and this might like like this is multi-platform. A client who's like ah, I don't even know how to phrase this. Funny about down payment because like I think you you and I can agree on this. I'm not doing anything without a down payment, bro. Like I'm not like committing too much without a down payment. Like it's going to be very hard. One, it's very hard for me to take a project seriously without your money involved. And this is because I feel like at that point it feels more like a favor. It feels more like a like in my free time when I get a chance, knock this out for you. Sure, sure. I can do that, but you know, you're not paying me, so it's not like you like are expecting me to put this on my calendar or anything, you know. So when a client has like a real hard time mm-hmm. with a down payment, And that's those are like my my least favorite things when someone like doesn't have a down payment but they hit you up talking about like oh how's this or how's it coming and it's like why are you checking in on something that you haven't even like displayed enough interest in to like put money down on like when someone puts money down on the, on the project I'm like they're officially in like they are at some way shape or form they put the non refundable deposit in they're in, in like getting this done so that's like a real bad sign to me when a client's like yeah after we and yeah maybe we can talk about price like it's like no 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 I'm going to give you a preliminary number and this is my process I'm going to give you a preliminary number and we are and I'll cut a percentage out of that and that'll be your non-refundable payment 
And as we go along on the project, then that'll affect final. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ask for more addendums and more tricks and more shiny things and things like that, whatever, that's gonna affect your price at the end. And that's a given. And you need to be able to like understand that. So those are like the most immediate telltale signs of a client like that has like, like that might be the, what a bad client might sound like. These are those things. Cause I think you and I have both had clients that like act funny when it comes to and then like seem to still have like some sort of expectation and just try to be like perfectly clear like mm-hmm. yo honestly like put yourself in my shoes would you can you like really take your job seriously if you don't know if that check's coming and it'll be like this this goes for like people that are like my friends to my family to like people i don't know i can't really work without a down payment it just won't add up for me because what if and this is no disrespect to anyone that i'm talking to and i make sure to make that clear but the fact is it wouldn't be the first time I've ever heard or in my experience, literally experienced drawing something for someone and then they pull out and I just invested all that time and money and effort and got like literally nothing out of it except use for anything other than like maybe a portfolio piece, you know? Right. So that's mm-hmm. that's probably the most telltale signs of a bad client. You know what I'm saying? Here's like, oh, how they dress, how they talk, how they carry themselves, because most clients have a vision. And vision comes in all ways, shapes, and forms. You know, you'll never be able to like gauge a bad client from across the street based on how they dress. It's really when you talk to them that you'll like really understand, like, oh, this dude's this dude's bad, you know. And then everybody's got like their own like little things, their their own little signs. You know what I'm saying? Like when if a client's too obtuse, these those things feel obvious. You know, like when a client's like being like really obnoxious or really loud or really irritating. You know what I'm saying? Like, ask yourself if this were a job, would you like working on shift with this dude? Because at the end of the day. I don't have a boss, but the client gets my personal number. Like they get access to me. They get to hit me up and call me and I have to take their phone call and I have to take their text message because we are working together on a project. I literally, that's what I'm being paid for. I can't not take it. So if the client is someone like, I'm not saying you'll reject a client because you think they're irritating, like based on your own personal biases, like always re-examine your personal biases. But if it's someone that like, you just cannot like, like you just can't stand to be real like yo you i just can't stand this person or being around this person Whew. it's clip i can't mm-hmm. do it I, I i can't you know more power to like anyone who's like slightly more patient than me i'm blessings you know and mm-hmm. so let me just give you like some just like a quick advice because i do yeah. have something else to add on to that what i feel like you should do is create a google voice and like it's just a free app you could download and it, it's just an extra phone number and you link it mm. to like your personal phone number that way you have a number that mm-hmm. you can have like business and people can message you there but it still connects to like mm-hmm. your regular phone number and like pretty much it makes things mm-hmm. a little bit easier for yourself and then fuck i just did I no just you were telling me how like it's important to have like a personal number in order to uh like mitigate oh okay. no no it was something else damn no, I, you're I lost all right. my train of thought. My fault. But, but yeah, yeah, like the main thing I wanted to say was like, just like you could download Google. I feel like Google Voice is like a great thing because again, like you just have it as like your business number. So like that way, nobody has your personal number. Nobody can harass you. Nobody can say anything. And like if at the end of the day they're messaging like this app, you see the messages and you see the phone calls, but you can have it in a way that like that number could just go straight oh, wow. to voicemail every time it calls you mm-hmm. if like they're that's harassing crazy. I've actually, yeah. I've never i've never i've never even heard of that this fire see i'm and i'm definitely gonna add that to like my arsenal because 
always, like I said, yeah. always, I'm never too proud to say, yo, that's fire. Sanchez put me on a dumb trick, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, as for, okay, so I was saying I was going to get in a, so process, right? <clears throat> my process is, uh, I got my process, like, I kind of like, it got polished over years, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, like doing what I do. But originally, my process, I, <laughs> how I started is weird. Okay, so here's how I got started. And this, this might be like an important like fact. I had a, I was in my senior year of high school and I had gotten accepted to FIT and I had gotten like a, a scholarship for like a 2000 per semester, something of that like, you know what I'm saying? It's been a while, but, and I believe at the time their tuition per semester was like $8,000 or something of the like. And that was like a whole 6,000 gap. And a lot of like my older friends had like really like warned me and given me the breakdown on like loans and how pain and cancerous it is. And they weren't just talking because they were dealing with it. You know what I'm saying? And as an artist, dealing with loans can be particularly mm -hmm. difficult because yeah, the colleges will say, yo, we'll put you in the field. But like, it's really not as easy to just throw someone in the field. Like I know people who are like, yo, they got thrown in the field, but they hate it, you know? So, and so I had ironically turned around and asked my parents, I was like, hey, so you know how in movies, like a kid will like, his parents will save for them so they could go to college. I asked them if they had did that and they had laughed at me for like 10 minutes straight. So. Yeah, and they were like, bro, we Damn. definitely did not do any of that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not taking out loans or, and, or, and I could try financial aid, but that's a big 6,000 gap to cover with financial aid. So, and then there would still be books and other stuff on top of it. So I doubt financial that really like made it go as I wanted it to, you know? So I had decided instead that mm -hmm. like what would be most beneficial because I definitely give up the craft is what I wanted to do since I was young in some way, shape or form, always art. Uh, was to just jump into the field. And so one day I was working, uh, I want to say I was working at Fossil, like the, the, the store that sells watches and stuff. And I had a friend and mm -hmm. I had told him that I was an artist and he, cause he had seen me sketching and uh, he had asked me if I could do this thing for him. And I just kind of like, to be honest, bro, I faked it till I made it with him. He was like, hey, so are you like, like, have you done this before? And I'm like, yeah, bro, I've been doing this since I was like seven, like 16, 17. I, I just, you know, like, I just faked it till I made it. It's all about how you carry yourself and, you know, and then he was my first client. And I think to this day, I don't know where he is, but if he ever hears this, I'm so sorry. But yeah, I was a total amateur. And anytime after that, any, I would, I would just tell him I've been doing it for a while. And until the point got to like where I had in fact been doing it for a while. And anytime a challenge came to me that I didn't know how to do, YouTube is fire. YouTube will teach you how to do so many things, bro. Like, <laughs> it's crazy how if you'll just take an hour mm -hmm. to look something up and dedicate to just learn it, you'd be surprised how it is to apply to your, your craft. Like, just like take what they give you, make it yours, and like absorb it to the best of your ability. So, the process for me, how it boils down to more or less, I don't mind like spilling, spilling the sauce for Sanchez talk, you know what I'm saying? So, always, always for Sanchez talk. So, <laughs> It will start with like me or the client reaching out to each other and they'll tell me what they want. Like they will in some way, shape or form express what it is they want. Yo, I need a logo or yo, I've always wanted to do this. Um, and so we will, I will take that and I will say, okay, cool. We'll talk, if, if they're telling me in person, I say, all right, well, here's my number, reach out to me. Because if we're like at a party or something, it's very easy for them to just be so, you know what I'm saying? And it's very easy like just like, talk you know what i'm saying and say shit but 
reaching out to me after the party, like, yo, so I'm mm-hmm. still serious about this. Are you winning this? Like, oh, no, nah, I'm a pro, bro. When you were telling me about it, I was still being professional. It's just the only person who can decide how serious about you are is you, you know? So, yeah, I, uh, so yeah, that's, facts. they'll tell me with their project. And I will, in turn, like, I'll be like, okay, give me two to three days. How about we meet up so we can talk about this? And what I will do is in those next two or three days, I will literally like chew and digest on it. You know what I'm saying? I'll like be on the train, listen to music, whatever. And I'll like take out notes on my phone. I'll just jot down two or three questions. I'm gonna be, I'll be at home and I'll even want it to look like if I, if it was me and I'll like ask more questions and more questions and I'll write them all down. And then when I link with that client, I will ask them all of those questions. I will literally like, like go back and forth with them for a while because this will really help you hone in on specifically what they want. And you'll be surprised how often the questions that you ask are things that the client didn't even think about, you know? Like, they're like, oh, wow, you know what? You make, that's a really fire question. And it's like, yeah, bro, for real, for real, think about that. And I'll like, I'll leave my clients like the list of questions. I'm like, okay, here, let me airdrop this to you or let me email this to you. Think about them and you can email me responses. And then from there, we could talk about stuff. And to most of my, a lot of my clients can be very excited. So like, I'll say, take a day or two and it will get back to me like before that day is even over with, you know? And um, and I'm like, okay, okay. I'm starting to understand what it is you really want here. And at that point, you make the decision. Is this something I am capable of doing? If yes, the next step. But if no, you either A, tell your tell your client, yo, something that is current, that I'm, I, I honestly feel like I would be able to do a good job for you for, you know what I'm saying? I just, I feel like I do it for you, but it wouldn't be as like, amazing is if you found someone who this for their niche or <coughs> excuse me my personal favorite i've networked with a lot of people so i will just refer talent i will just pass it on you know like i'll be like hey this isn't in my wheelhouse but i know someone you can talk to that would literally project and they can take care of you this for me like comes with like stuff like film and cinematography and coding and things like that like those will be like things where i like refer other people in uh most like illustration or graphic design related things i can pretty much hash out on my own you know but so anyway if yes you proceed to talk to the client a little bit more you know like make sure that like we that you guys are agreeing more or less on what the vision is there'll never be a perfect agreement without like because seeing is believing you know so but uh at that point you talk about preliminary numbers like and that's when like you have to like it's important that you've carried yourself in like a professional fashion including at this point and that doesn't mean that you can't like you got to be stiff on your client or all stoic you know what i'm saying you baiting yourself at that point what you need to do because there's nothing wrong with being excited for your client's project i have so many clients where like tell me their project and i'm like yo that's gas like that's fire i'm excited to do that for you let's make that happen you know what i'm saying but when it comes to talking numbers you've got to be like look so how I boil it down to is there's two there's two ways I look at it. If it's like uh more of like a court or like like a franchise or anything of that like, that's where I would hit like uh the the style that like that artist who had told me with the with the something of like the Nike symbol had gone for, where it's like yo, I would ask them like how big like are they is it, where is this gonna be how much are you producing and uh, what how much are you selling it for like tell me like yeah, the, the marketing aspect of it because that affects like contract and royalty rates with with corporations there are millions of videos on youtube you can look up onto how to build a freelancer contract it's not this like incredibly thick wall that you have to meander it's 
it's weird because you say like yo make up draw up a contract and it sounds like yo drawing blueprints for like a whole museum like it's not, it's nowhere near that complicated you know like they're like <laughs> i just literally learned to draw my contracts <laughs> from youtube and i also i then of course i went to see a lawyer to make sure that mm-hmm. it was on the up and up my client my my my, my attorney like co-signed it was straight we were good and that's that's that it's not this difficult thing because mm-hmm. when i first took it on i was like damn i think i need like a whole attorney to draw this up for me but you're paying the man like a whole extra 800 700 band you know what i'm saying for like something that you can like really just study up on yourself and just kind of like just save yourself that pocket change um Oh. Right. You know what's funny about that? I was I was literally mm-hmm. gonna ask you about that because I struggle with that, and that's the main thing is like, how how do I draw it up? Mm-hmm. And I like I know what I'm giving them, but like, how do I know are they okay with certain things? And like, because it's just like with certain people, it's like okay, like I- I'll give you an example for me at least. So like when I do music videos, right? Mm-hmm. I-, I also do like behind the scenes. So it's like, okay, you're giving me consent to be able to record you on YouTube, right? For the behind the scenes. Also, you're giving me consent that I can use this stuff as stock footage Mm -hmm. unless you pay me an extra $50. And it's like, how do I, how do I, like when they say, no, I don't want Mm -hmm, to do like, mm -hmm. how do I, like, you get what I'm saying? I would say that like, I feel like there's this weird thing where like, niggas feel like you draw up a contract and you just slide it across the table and it be at that point when you do that it kind of like kind of becomes the terms and conditions on any way and nobody's going to read that you know what i'm saying so it's important like yeah you could like give them the contract but make sure like be vocal like yo this contract literally includes this 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 that i can't do this this and you can't do that 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 and these numbers come here and this rate comes here you know when it comes to contracts and even if you're vocal about it i always mm-hmm. suggest still okay but take a read of it if you want and get back to time when you get the chance and about these contracts my contract honestly is more or less generic honestly like I, if a corporation comes at me i already have that contract in back pocket for a corporation i really save it almost exclusively for corporation or franchises to be honest with you and so at that point, like most of these things right. they've like either seen before or they're prepared for. But when you drop these contracts, don't be shy to take them to like copyright lawyers and or you know what I'm saying? Or like just almost any lawyer, they'll like for a rate, they'll read over it and make sure that like legal action can actually be followed up on this. You know what I'm saying? They'll notarize even. There's like a fee for notarizing. And they'll leave in case someone tries you to like take, they'll be like, oh, you want legal action? Say word. My attorney? To this day, when I'm talking about, whenever I see him, he's still like, yo, no one's tested it. And I'm like, bro, I, I haven't even had a corporation client in a while. And he's like, oh, I'm waiting. I, I'm, I wish someone would. I'm like, yeah, me too. You know, like, because the man damn near co-signed the contract <laughs> himself. So it's just like, it's, I know it's legally legit. You know what I'm saying? So that's like how, that's how I would like go about contracts. But also like, yeah, you can learn it from videos, but like also communicating with the attorney itself, like, like making an appointment with him for like an hour, maybe two or like two hour appointments, whatever it may be. And just talking to him about like what you can and can't do because they are like literally familiar with the law. They can tell you what law that they were violating by not agreeing to this or by trying to cheat you on it. You know what I'm saying? And how you check and balance or how if you catch even slightly wind of like you be cheated on like a contract, 
there are manners to investigate this kind of thing without like actually entering legal action, you know? So yeah, definitely like now like YouTube videos is key. For me when I was freelancing, I still remember like like there was like a specific like three or four that I'd gone into. And every freelancer has like different like contracts for different things. Mine is pretty much generic, but again, if I get a corporation client, these those procedures take a little bit longer and I might even be tempted to like uh, make addendums to my contract for them specifically, for example, you know? So yeah, and so that's when like, if a corporation comes in, royalties comes in in that regard. Now for like people that are doing like startup businesses, I think this is like a very freelancery thing, but maybe on, but to me, I encourage startup businesses. I completely and utterly encourage people starting up their own business. And I'm always, I don't need to like do the nitty gritty contracting thing with them because like, I'm not really, you know, like they don't even have a storefront, you know, like what, what am I really suing them for in terms of assets? You know what I'm saying? Like, especially like, I remember when we talked about LLCs, funny. Mm -hmm. So what am I really suing them for if I ever took legal action with them? So. When it's not a corporation, that's when we hit the other side of the road uh, with clients, and that's the road where it becomes a matter of like, you guys agree on what they want after like a series of questions, and then boom, you start talking about, yo, okay, I, I believe my initial estimate on how much this will cost you is X number. And at that point, you've got to gauge it based on like what the client wants. So for example, my logo rates, I'm not gonna lie, I pretty much default at a pretty even 100 because like most of the time it takes about, I've like, after doing it for a while, it most of the time takes about the same amount of effort, unless my client comes in with something a little bit more convoluted, you know, like and a little bit more complicated, at which case then it's become the whole mm -hmm. thing. So, and if they want more than one logo, then we could do it for 175 or if they, if they want three logos, I'm flexible, I can do it for like, you know, 260 things like that where like my time is still like being like paid but at that point you take into account like not just your time and your skill set but supplies now when i do logos supplies is like not really effective because i already have the computer and i already have the tablet so there's really nothing that they're paying for essentially but uh again it's very important like what the client wants so for example i had a client a while back his name was michael he wanted uh some sneakers he wanted me to do some custom air force ones for him where I would literally have to paint some sunflowers on them. And um, I had told him that the before what I charge him, I could either, he could either like bring me the Air Force Ones and I like give him the list of supplies I want so that he may literally buy them himself so that he understands that he already paid that. Or I could buy things and bring him a receipt and that is going to come on. That's preliminary. That all comes, that's not your final bill. That's like, non-refundable deposit stuff because I'm not going to charge you for the sneakers after if you hate the sneakers, you know what I'm saying? But you can keep the Air Force Ones, my man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's it all very much like based on what they want, but supplies become a huge factor. That becomes a thing in like fine art when people are like asking for a painted portrait and like, hey, I, I need this wall tagged up with like a, a graphic or an illustration. Mm -hmm. At that point, I'm charging you for spray paint and things like that, as well as my time and my skill set. Um, the number, like, I don't really have, like, a. some people, I've been advised before, like, maybe to, like, consider, like, hourly rate, but that's more also, like, something I think about more sort of corporate contracty things, 
because like hourly rate like is trackable you know like mm-hmm. and that adds up very quickly as an artist like you'd be surprised even if let's say i went like what's minimum wage right now like 15 bucks yeah let's say i went 15 dollars an hour which i don't find yeah. my skill set is worth 15 dollars an hour as an artist but let's just say hypothetically that's what i went and i work like three hours one day three hours in and I do that for like seven days in a row. That's 21 hours at $15 an hour. You know what I'm saying? This 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 really adds up. Like, and it kind of seems like a larger number than it what it actually be worth based on what you produce to the client. And or it might seem like a small number to you based on how much effort you put mm-hmm. in in those hours. So I don't always advise really like telling yourself like yo give yourself a number that you charge by hour and like base it off that. Oh if you're like starting but really like after a while and with some experience you'll really find your comfort zone and like you know how much your work is worth like you know i know a 300 job when i see one i know a 600 job when i see one i know a 900 job when i see one you know what i'm saying and then yeah so after i come up with that number mm-hmm. i tell my client that number uh this is really like a non-negotiable thing i what I tell my clients is if you become a regular with me and like i see you come, like and you return to me with like more projects that will be factored in on the price of your next project you know like that you came to me maybe a uh, uh something that you wanted that's 200 becomes 180 like or 175 or 140 or something you know because you've just consistently kept running it back with me like you're bringing mm-hmm. steady means of income that i could damn your count on and this has be this comes up with things like 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 that brand i had told you about social icon or there's this brand i'm, le- I'm working with under new york drawing called um learn your worth and it comes up with learn your worth because I'm a regular for them. So <clears throat> that's that's how I handle that. But never will the number be negotiable upon like once I give the number, that's it. Like there's really like nothing to talk about. You're either with it or you're not. And if you don't like the number and you want to see other artists, I could even I'm never mad if someone's like, hey, this number is maybe a little bit high for me. I'm never like, oh well bro, nah. Like I'm not it's unprofessional to really sit here and debate. And I'm I'm not a salesman. I'm not here to sell you something. You feel me? Like I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. It, I'm I'm never corny about it. I just oh man, mm-hmm. look, I understand. It's not for everybody. Don't even worry about it. If you want, I've got someone else I can refer you for you to, and maybe they'll give you a different number. You know. And if you want, you always know where my number is, and you always know how to find me and contact me. Boom. Very simple. Yeah, I had a I had a client. Uh, her her and I go back uh, a while. She was my friend, and her name was Urban. And she did a project, uh, she wanted like some flyers and a logo and a business card and things like that. And it wasn't really so much the problem, like, like what she wanted. It was just like another thing that you might want to factor in with number, the deadline. Because she wanted those things two weeks. And I was already working with like three other projects. So it was like, I'm going to have to sideline these projects and like hone in on this. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to, I really got to like give this all my immediate time. If I really want to get this mm-hmm. done in two weeks. And I might have to like talk to other clients about their deadline. So that's going to be something that's factored into your price. And I, uh, she, she had like a, an edible lounge more or less that she was like, like working on that she wanted to advertise a little bit. And I was more than happy to work on the project, but the deadline was beast mode. So the number definitely kind of had to reflect in some way, shape or form how beast mode it is, despite how friendly we were. And you know what I'm saying? She, uh, she thought it was rather expensive and not even just because we're friends, you know what I'm saying? Because I'd say we're like a strange friend, but like she's really cool. We agreed that uh, she wants to seek assistance elsewhere. And I even 
older, I was like, oh, I, I referred her to a couple of people I know that have like pages on IG that are doing that right now. And, and then boom, I don't really know like how she resolved it or what she ended up doing, um, I, you know, but it was never, it's no bad blood. I've seen her since and we've still been really cool. There's, there's a man to professionally reject people, you know, you don't stop people just because you can't do something or you don't want to do something, you know? And um, so, yeah, then non-refundable, mm-hmm. the project, and I tell all my clients, no until the non-refundable deposit comes in. I've already done like a fair amount for you by like having all these discussions and meeting in this chain of communication. But nothing will come until the non-refundable deposit comes in. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so after the non-refundable deposit yeah. hits and I immediately like start doing the mock-up phase where it's like, yo, I'm going to throw up like eight. If you, you know how it is with me, I'll throw anywhere between three to eight mock-ups of like, hey, this is what I'm envisioning based on what we talked about with this colorway and these notes. I'll talk to them about it. And they'll like, based on what you tell me, you know, like, oh, okay, I like this. Or maybe you hate all of them and that's fine. I'll hit the drawing board on it again. But, or maybe you're not in love with any of them, but you like certain aspects of certain ones. And like, I'll like take notes of that and then come back with like, instead of eight, maybe I'll come back with four that are way more polished and way more like closer in vision, like just small mock-up, like something that maybe took me like five minutes to draw so that we could just explain and get through it. Uh, that procedure maybe takes about like six, five a week, sometimes two, depending how many times you got to run it back and forth. I've had clients, I've had clients mm-hmm. where the mock-up stage taken me like three weeks just because we really like, we didn't hone in on it until like, like a fourth or fifth meeting. But I've also had clients where like on the very first one, I like knock it out of the park and it's like, yep, that's the yeah. one I don't care. Just erase the rest of them. Say no more, you know? So, and that also comes into effect at like mm-hmm. final, final fee because I say, I always say I estimate this price because I, I tell my, I tell my clients how the pricing comes in. Like I will not uh, give you a number in firm. Like, you know, this will be 300 and then as we do it, it takes so long and so much manpower out of me that it just ended up feeling like a $500 job, but I, I'm locked in at 300. No, I'm gonna give you an estimate and based on how much like, you know, like rebuff and meetings and how long the procedure takes me and your deadline and things like this, uh, the number may or may not change. And then boom, I hone in on the project. I, uh, once they pick a mock-up that they're in love with and I very much try to like, I tell my clients all the time, yo, please pick something you're in love with and please reject it if you do not love it. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, this speaks for you and I can turn around and it will not affect me for the rest of my life. But what I would hate, because I've seen this happen before, clients will come to me like, hey, this is my logo now. <laughs> and it'll look terrible. But, you know, I'm a professional. <laughs> and I would, I would never like just like straight up bash anyone's project. So, but it, it'd be looking terrible sometimes, bro. And they'll be like, yeah, I paid this artist this, this, this for that. And, you know, it sucks. So I kind of, I'm like, you know, and why didn't you guys just go through a phase where he just, you, you made him throw it out and restart it. And they were like, no, I'm kind of, I was kind of too insecure to like tell them, you know, and it's like, nah, you, you gotta be telling me these things because like, I don't want you to turn around to another freelancer and be like, man, this dude gave me garbage, you know, like, please like make me something else. I want my clients to actually be satisfied because for me, it Uh can, it can go in the portfolio if the client doesn't use it, but like, it's really not as like worthwhile in my portfolio or in my, if it cannot be traced back, you know, like. Like if I do a tattoo design, it almost doesn't really matter unless you get it tattooed and I get a photo of it on your arm because it's like, yeah, people are getting my artwork on their arm for real, for real. Or my logo is what they're putting on the tag or on their tape or mm-hmm. on their, you know, like it's traceable and being used and that shows that like I deliver results. 
So I always want my clients to like actually be able to use the stuff I make for them. And from there, you know, like we get closer and closer as I like draw it, you know what I'm saying? I give them updates to make sure that this is coming out, how they look, maybe talk about colorways, talk about angles, positions, depending on the project. And uh, you know, then when the client is satisfied, of course the entire time, much like you, watermark. Watermarks are gonna be your best friend, you know what I'm saying? The best thing any any artist or anyone in the field can do, yo, just make a make a watermark mm -hmm. off the rip and just save it. Just save it because you're gonna watermark a lot of stuff. Just have that bad boy in your back pocket because you're gonna send stuff with watermarks a lot. So, um, because I sent something without a watermark mm -hmm. before, and then my client's like, yo, I'm not interested, and I never know if that client is gonna turn around and use it anyway. You know what I'm saying? And to this day, I never know. And imagine the egg on my face if I didn't get my final fee right. and the dude ended up using it just because I didn't watermark the man, you know? I, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I, I'm having, I have an experience where someone stole one of my photos mm -hmm. practically. They didn't ask for permission and they just decided to use it. So it's like... Have you ever, like, again, like, have you ever dealt with a situation like that where, like, somebody has, like, your design and then they told you, oh, I'm not interested, can you do this? Or they'll be like, okay, you can just keep the, the deposit um, and then so they'll just keep the logo That I found it. out about, I've never had the experience. Like, I, if, if they've done it, this is a perfect crime because they got away with it and I still to this day don't know about it. But that would be, like, early on in, like, my, like, more amateur phase. Really what got me into watermarking was that I knew someone that had that issue and he found out about it. And um, how it went more or less is he really had to, it's very also, don't be ashamed of being an artist and like, because you can buy copyrights and trademarks in bundles. So you can just try to trademark stuff once you have a brand. That's why I like working under New York Shrine mm -hmm. with Chris Reyes because he came up with New York Shrine, you know what I'm saying? And while he's like an amazing partner to work with, a, it's a fly-ass name to work with. I love, like, saying I'm from New York Shrine. But B, it's also just humongous that, like, you know, like, we could just buy a bundle of trademarks and put it on stuff because at that point, I'm not selling you the work. I'm selling you the rights to use the work, you know? And that's something I had learned with that dude a while back because it became, like, a very heated issue for him because he had gone to an attorney and the attorney was like, okay, do you have any copyrights? No. Okay, do you have any trademarks on it? No. Okay. Uh, can I have a Krabby Patty or the sausage? No, you know, like it was, it was a bad, he was like very upset. So his attorney was like, look, the only way you could ever like pursue legal action behind this dude is to find a way to prove that this is your intellectual property. You know, like find a way to trace back that you were the one who originally came up with this. Maybe like he, the attorney was like, you have a recording of the meeting where you pitched it to him. Do you have like footage of you doing like drawing it in front of him and him approving it footage of you drawing it from scratch you know and even footage of you drawing it is not necessarily proof that it is your intellectual property because a bunch of artists can just draw based on looking at something you know so it, it's very important that you like now i highly advise like mm -hmm. yo invest in maybe like a trademark even if you just trademark it under your name or you like make up like a little brand just for you under as a freelancer like your own little equivalent of New York Shrine, whatever that may be to you, trademark that stuff because you're selling your client the rights to that project and heaven forbid you catch them slipping, you can actually pursue legal action. Like, yo, they're, they're using that. And legal action will can starts with a cease and desist 
and I promise you, if they do not desist, it, it becomes it costs them money. You feel me? Like it costs them way more than it would have been just paying you. You know, so investing in copyrights is usually worth it. Not every client you're gonna have is very scummy or slimy. I I really would love to believe that none of my clients have done me that way in the past, but uh, you know, there's better safe than sorry strategy. You know, mm-hmm. right? So. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, that's, that's that was it. Like, so, like, you know, you just never really know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You never know. Oh. Because <laughs> the issue that I have is just more of, like, my personal work. Somebody decided, like, it's different from photography, at least. Because with photography, like, mm-hmm. once I take the picture with my camera, it's mine. That's it. There, There is no debate. There is no anything. Mm-hmm. Because that that picture right there that's in my SD card... Even if, like, if you're a famous whatever, that picture mm-hmm. is mine now. And, like, I own all the rights to that picture. So, like, I have somebody who stole... Well, they didn't steal it. They just took a screenshot of it from my Instagram and then used it as, oh. like, their their, their okay, logo yeah, no. um, for, like, their basketball page. My 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 wisdom on that, and it was this recent? Was this long ago? <laughs> the audacity yeah they still have it up my Mm. thing is more of like they're not making any money so it's like i don't really want to like pursue a lawyer but it's just like the audacity yeah the greatest sin to any artist we can all agree like that's like literally the most slime thing you can do in in the art community what your field is right uh even if you don't like even if you're not using it as an artist to take credit for it if you're just stealing my Mm -hmm. work and just putting it up there with no consent no permission I could honestly say, yeah, maybe you're trying to flatter me in some cases, but like, still no, like you should talk to me. In this case, it cannot be flattering. Like, it's just audacious. Um, I mean, I want to say, like, based on what I know about photography, mm-hmm. that taking a photo, especially with like modern day cameras, like SD card and like the the file for like the photos themselves are almost always like a. They have dates on them, stamps of when the photo was taken. You know what I'm saying? So, and that that file is, exists in your SD card could almost only exclusively mean mm-hmm. that it came from you. You know what I'm saying? And that, that really dispute that. Then they're saying you stole the camera from them and all this childish thing. You know, so then they're really like entering a legal war that they don't want to enter. But uh, in this case, uh, that you want to let it go is a really mm-hmm. blessing on your part because i feel like like having that in your sd card with that with that file with the, with those dates on them is like more than enough to claim intellectual property based on understand about intellectual property but you know uh i, I mean i wouldn't even you know mm-hmm. i would at least ask them like hey like that's my intellectual property and i don't want to like and while i i understand what you guys are going for and what you guys are doing i can i have credit for the photo because otherwise it just feels audacious that you guys would do this on on your behalf and i would at least throw credit so that at least people can trace to me and come to me for more work i'm not asking for a fee or for a rate or and i'm not threatening legal action but a cease and desist is possible to be like uh forced upon you so please go ahead and please just add addendum me with credit for that if if it means that much to you or if this is just something that you want to like do moving forward you know that would be my my wisdom to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I can't really speak too much on photography because that's like not exactly yeah. like my field. But you, uh, you and I, like we we've done photo shoots. You know what I'm saying? You and I. So, you know, yeah. I I do know for a fact that like 
the file the file like that it comes from mm-hmm. cameras are very specific like they're not like a tag they're not a png they're actually like a very like different file you know so yeah it comes with a lot of information like on the file itself when you decrypt so mm-hmm. yeah uh that's that's how i feel about it uh you know that's great they would do that to you though that's incredibly sad shame that least i can say yo shame like for real for real that's a bad look bad look bad look you're better than me i would have shouted out the <laughs> basketball team that page like really mm-hmm. stole my heart like you well, believe this y'all you told me you're way better than i am so <laughs> that's true too that's because i feel true. like if i shout you know, them out it's just gonna i'm be a big believer in that there might just not be such a bad thing as bad publicity like bad publicity is like kind of a fallacy like publicity is publicity and mm-hmm. you know like it there's a lot of examples like there's no such thing as bad publicity you know what i'm saying and it, like rap to like people to like crime like there'll be people that do these horrendous crimes they'll get a bunch of letters you know that's a whole different point though that's like a society thing i don't even want to get into but yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so i'm gonna end it there usually at the end of the podcast i ask people top five like inspirational people or like top five people or things or mm-hmm. whatever oh. that inspires you mm-hmm. You also don't have to give me okay, five. I, you just I have say, to give me okay, at least so one or two and explain all, why. The, the, my, the very first thing that comes to my mind is my favorite artist. Um, his name is Yusuke Murata. And he, he did, he's probably most known for his work on One Punch Man as an anime. And he did like character designs and a lot of like uh, direction for it as well as the art for the manga. And it's... It goes without saying that, like, I find that all very amazing. And very much into him prior to One Punch Man, because he had done uh, this sports man- manga called uh, Ice Shield 21. And that was actually my favorite piece of all time. And then he turns around and does One Punch Man, um, an amazing follow-up. And then actually my favorite anime right now is this anime called Mob Psycho. And he is also doing character design. That And Mob Psycho is just, it's so inspirational. It's a story of, uh, you know, teen- youth the angst of youth and you know just i mean it's about a little boy who wants to be popular at school like and, and he's just got these crazy powers and he's like but that don't make me popular i want i want to be popular with girls and people so he starts working out and doing all this other weird stuff he's really cool i love it so let me ask you this because maybe i'm just a little confused is he the person who originally made One Punch Man and made and drew everything, or is he the person who animated like the first season of One Punch so Man? So he like, was he one of the mm-hmm. animators, or was he the person he, who actually he made drew One Punch the Man? manga itself? Because I know the, and the manga itself is ahead, already like art artistically incredible. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. a super super well done piece in terms of storytelling, morals, lessons, and just artwork and movement and life in it and the characters. It's all very well done. And then he, the reason it takes One Punch Man so long for seasons to drop is because just because the manga is monthly and they're trying to build up material to create more for the anime. But he's also, if I recall, the director of the animation team. So like he has a huge say in like how they go about animating and how it comes out looking and how it ends up feeling and the pacing of it all. So he's, he's like a, he's a, and 
another reason I admire him so much, like, oh. honestly, crazy enough, if you can believe it, One Punch Man is my least favorite of his works, and I still find it incredible. But, um, yeah, I, uh, he does a, like, early on in his career, he did a lot of fan art where he, he had worked for Shonen Jump, and he would using posters of, like, all the characters put together, and they would all look like they're from their, like, like, the style of their, like, we can agree, Yu-Gi-Oh! does not look like Yu Yu Hakusho in terms of artistic style, but he could draw them together so that it feels like a mutual handshake between the stars, and he's just, like, mm-hmm. an incredible talent at that. Like, it's, it's, he's, he's really good and really fluent and really flexible as, as artists come. Um, yeah, and so let me think. What else? Um, my, I'm, a, I'm very into music. I don't create music. I don't have any rhythm. I don't have any, you know, anything of that like. So, but when it comes to music, I'm currently, I would say I've been through a lot of phases of music in my life. My, my mm-hmm. music taste is eclectic. But I would say a huge inspiration for me in terms of like what I get from their energy and the, 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 the content they produce would be Chance the Rapper and ASAP Rocky. They're two like very different dudes for sure. But they both do things in their own way and their own style. And they're both incredibly comfortable do and they're like they're savants at what they do in their own field you know like they're they're incredible the goats they're they're goats like people know everybody knows asap rocky's name even if you don't know what exactly he does and everyone's heard of chance the rapper even if you know him just from his charity work and how kind he is religious he is or how like insane his rap career has been like uh it's it's wild He's, he's gone on quite the roller coaster so they they inspire me in terms of vibes and energy and like you know, because they're very big in like uh, a world. Like ASAP Rocky is a very like uh, like yeah, he's a rapper, but he's also like when talked about or when or when talked to in interviews, he's like uh, fuck the rap. I'm trying to own the planet from every business venture I have, and that I love that energy of like trying to like be more than just your craft. You know, like you're you're way more than just what you do. You there are many avenues to like make yourself happy and do the things that you want to do whether it be world domination or just living a peaceful easy life the rapper is just so absolutely himself while like inspiring and motivating and doing good deeds and having a great heart but he can also be on his gully stuff you know what i'm saying like like he can get real bully with his lyrics too and i just i i find the switch up very fascinating and those musically those are the guys that inspire me mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, you had super been into ASAP too when like you and I first met. So right, I find right. that like, that was you great. Really that was great. That, uh, so I can tell you that you know. <laughs> nah, it was fun. The, at least that part to me was funny because you said ASAP yeah, and then yeah, you said yeah, Chance, yeah, and yeah. I was like, shout, shout out to, to Frenchie who, who put me on, you know, <laughs> young friendly one time, and then I I really cra- you putting me on ASAP like when people ask me about it, you know. So yeah. No, Chris didn't want to put me on anything because he thought things really? were too I good for me. Chris so he wanted me to earn things. And and then that was crazy. I mean, I would say Chris put... I would say the way I dress and the way I, like, <laughs> approach fashion is more, like, because of Chris. Like, self and how I talk to people and how I'm not afraid to be, like, firm and gully while at the same time being respectful and, you know. But you and I can agree, Chris is, like... Uh, while he's like a funny dude he's also like no nonsense you know what i'm saying like he'll like be incredibly serious when he wants to be about certain things and, and you know my and, and my mm-hmm. final like the thing that motivates me and inspires me uh everybody everybody i love like y'all y'all know who y'all are i don't i'm not gonna get into like no long ass list 
you know, I'm not doing shout outs at the end of the music video, I'm not doing that. Y'all, y'all know who y'all are and y'all know how y'all have touched my life. And if I haven't seen y'all in a while and we haven't talked in a while, you know what I'm saying? Just know that I still think about it, that y'all still inspire me and that I love y'all, you know what I'm saying, by any means necessary. And that I'm just trying to make y'all proud every day with the things that I do. And uh, that's, that's my biggest motivator of all, to be honest. All right, all right. Uh, right now, so where can, can everybody uh, always you, reach like, out to me Instagram, on Instagram, Facebook, my name, whatever. Boston. Uh, we're currently working on rebranding New York Shrine. Uh, so please look out for us in a month or two in terms of that. But if you want to like hear updates on how that's going, if you want to just reach out to me for work or for advice or wisdom. Uh, a lot of artists will like be like, oh, I don't like, I don't give the game to my competition. Big negative. I'm not doing that. Like if you have questions, Come and find me, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in I grew up in Harlem when it was like still pretty rough, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely a little bit smoother now, but it was always rough when I was a kid. But I don't discourage anyone from trying to do the thing that they want to do. So if you even don't want to approach me for work, you can always come to me at my Instagram as well. It is FTD underscore McLovin, uh, M-C-L-O-V-I-N. So the FTD, before anyone asks me, is fresh to death. Anyone who knows me knows where it comes from, you know. Yeah, please feel free to reach out to me for with work, and uh, I'm always open ears. And I'm always open. You know? Yeah, absolutely, bro. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much yeah, for having yeah. me, Sanchez. Right, thank you, bro. Thank you for vibe. being on here. Nah, Sanchez be talking. <laughs> it's actually Chris talks, but it's fine. <laughs> Sanchez be talking, y'all. Nah, you know the vibe, bro. I love you, right? <laughs> Peace. and enjoy don't forget to subscribe or follow to be updated when i post a new episode post a screenshot if you enjoyed the episode on instagram instagram page is chris double underscore talks or you can like the facebook page chris talks hope you guys enjoy see you next week